three weeks, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 55, and uh, the reason we're going to do this is to prepare our hearts for the, the kind of next season as a, as a church family, and so I'm just kind of thinking about some of the things that are on the horizon for us. Um, next week, we're appointing elders. Week after that, Baptism Sunday in August 26, we're going to be um, opening up opportunity for anyone in our church who wants to join a house church to get in a small group. Um, we're going to be stepping into a series in the fall that I've, I'm maybe more excited about than we've ever had in our entirety of our church family about what it means to be the church body in our city. And, and so there's all these things that I think God is just building and preparing us for kind of leading up to the fall. But, but I just kind of sense that in these next three weeks that God had something really special for us as a church family that God had something that he really wanted to, to kind of work into our hearts. And so if you've been with us this summer, last week we just finished up a series. We're working through the, the letter of First Peter. And so we just went through kind of one week after the next, just looking at, at what Peter was saying and trying to put that into practice into our lives. And, 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 and this summer, God, as we were kind of journeying through this, he was just giving me insight, I think, into some things. You know, the summer, think about what the summer season is. It's just such a wonderful time to, to travel and go on vacation, to see family, to go on weekend trips. It's just this amazing opportunity to hit pause on some of the just natural routines and rhythms of our lives. It's just kind of the season to, to be outside later, to, to stay up later, to sleep in a little bit later, right? To this season of, of just mixing up the routines a little bit. And I just started to, to notice about halfway through the summer how easy it was for me personally when my routines and my rhythms were off, how easy it was for me to begin to drift spiritually. You know, I, I look back on the spring and just for me personally, I just had this, this great spring season. I'm just like in the word. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus, you know you have these seasons where, man, you, you sit down and you pray and your heart is just locked in with the Lord and you want to be in his presence. And, and Courtney and I, my wife and I just had a very fruitful and kind of full season with house church and with this prayer ministry that we're going to be rolling out here in the next couple of months and with people in, in our lives and, and, and with work, it was just kind of marked by full days with lots of output, lots of, uh, of, of cranking out good things and preparing. And I realized to, towards the end of the spring, I was just tired and I needed to be rested and I needed to be refreshed. And so what I started to notice as I really tried to, to just be refreshed is how easy it was to start hitting pause on God. You ever been there? Where, where we, we go through these seasons of incredible output and these seasons where, where it just, life is demanding. And, and for some reason, we, we so often as the people of God, we tend to hit pause on the one thing that our souls actually need most. And what I felt like God was putting on my heart for us to do as a church family for the next three weeks is to give us an opportunity to, as a family, to really just step back into life with God. And for those of you who, who aren't followers of Jesus, this, this opportunity to, to step into life with God for the first time. I want to just ask you this question. I want you to, to think about it. How are you doing? If you come here today, and my guess is that some of you walk in these doors and, you, and you're not where you want to be with God. How 
how are you doing? Some of you come here this, this morning and, and, and because of some sin in your life, because of some of the choices that you have made, you're experiencing some distance from God. Some of you come in this morning and the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You feel like God has forgotten about you. You feel like God is not listening to you. Some of you come here this morning, you feel like there's no hope. There's no way out of the the systems and the the patterns and the strongholds that are on your life right now. Some of you come here this morning and and you realize that you're not being the friend that you want to be. You're not being the coworker that you want to be. You're not being the husband that you want to be. You're not being the wife that you want to be. You're not being as committed to this church family as you want to be. And if you come here today and you don't know God, I felt like our father was just giving us the next few weeks for us to, to if, if this is who we are, if we're not where we want to be, if we're not living the way that we want to be, that he's inviting us not to spend the to, to rest of the day and the next few weeks and the next season feeling sorry for ourselves and living in condemnation. But God was swinging the door wide open for us just to come back to him. And I know how easy it is kind of in the private places of our lives when things are off with God, when we're not being who we want to be. Man, we, we try so hard. We, we get in our prayer wherever it is that you pray and we just beg God. Maybe it's your car or, or your, this place in your house or your couch. And, and I felt like God was saying, I don't want you to do those things in the private places. I want you in the public places. To, as a community, come to me. Matthew 24, verse 12, I was struck by this verse. This is the words of Jesus. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. When you look at your heart, like right now, no one can see in your heart. When you look at at your love towards God, when you look at your love towards God's people, towards your spouse, your roommate, when you look at your love towards God's mission to reach the lost, is your love cold? Is your heart hard? Or is your love burning for the Lord? and burning for the lost, and burning for the church to be the church is your love for Jesus hot. And I love the text that we're gonna be in for just a few minutes, Isaiah 55. Because we hear our Father calling to us. If our hearts are hard, if our love is cold, if we're not where we wanna be, and this is what he says in verse one. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. My wife and I were at our, our two oldest kids, we have three kids. Our two oldest kids are playing on a soccer team together. And this age is three to five. And so you can imagine how just riveting this practice was. And, and so we're standing outside and, and it's hot and the grass is tall and we're sweating. And my 
bald head is burning and we're just standing out there and watching our kids run around and they're having a blast, but they're hot. And about every 10 to 15 minutes, the coach sends them to the sideline to, to come and get water. Why? Because they're thirsty. They've been running around in the hot sun. They've been playing and, and that's what our bodies need. They need water. And some of you, you come in here this morning and you're thirsty for God, not because you've, you've been running from God. You're thirsty from God because you've, you've been drinking from the fountain that is the fountain of life. You've been walking in the private places with Jesus and you've just realized that nothing satisfies you like Jesus. And so some of you come here this morning thirsty, not because you're deficient, but because you're full and you go, man, that is the source that I wanna keep turning to for my life. And so I don't want to pretend that, that all of you come here this morning and you're not where you want to be. The reality is that some of you have been feasting on Jesus and your love for Jesus is just skyrocketing. But some of us come in this place this morning and we're thirsty because we've been running from God, right? We're thirsty because we've, we've gotten lax in the midst of us trying to be refreshed in this season. We've hit the pause button on God and our souls are thirsty. And what does Jesus say in Isaiah 55? What does the Lord say to us? Shame on you. Get yourself together. Get your spiritual disciplines back in practice. Now, what does he say? He says, come. you who have no money. I love this picture. He looks at us and he says, you have nothing to offer God. You don't have what you need and you don't have the ability to get what you need. And I don't either. He says, come buy and eat. And I don't want us to miss this because what he is, is doing here, it's this invitation. If, if you've been running from God, if you are thirsty, if your soul is thirsty, if your heart is hard, if you're not where you want to be, he says, come back. How can you buy if you don't have any money? Because the price has been paid. Now here's the deal. If you know anything about God, you know that our God is holy. And that living as a, a, a follower of Jesus demands that, that we be holy, that we are righteous, not just in our living, but in our thinking. And so here's the deal. We are not in and of ourselves. How, how often, how many days can you go living a perfect, righteous life? Like Myron, how many days have perfect uh, righteousness have you lived? <laughs> Zero. I can't believe that. You not even lived one? Man, me neither. He demands righteousness. He demands perfection. And we can't do that ourselves. And he knows that. And he gives it to us freely. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. We can't be equally yoked with the Lord. And so he removes our sin. He removes our transgression. He clothes us with his righteousness. He says, come back to me, not because you're so deserving, because you've earned it, because I have done it for you. 
He says in verse two, it's a very convicting question. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy you? And here's what he's asking. Why do we spend what we do have on the things that don't ultimately satisfy us? You're not where you want to be with God. Look at your life. Look at how you're actually living. Your time, your energy, your resources. What are you investing those things in? Listen to what he says. Verse three, give ear and come to me. Come to me. Come to me and listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love that is promised to David, and that is so unbelievably significant what he's saying right there. Go back and read in the Old Testament about this man named David and what you discover about his life is that he was anything but perfect. This man who had an affair and then to cover up the affair, has the, 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 the woman's husband put to death? Are you worse than that? And God says, my, my love remains, it remained with David. And this is what I'm offering you. Not just when you're good, Matt. And Tyler, not just when you're, when, you, when you're doing everything right, my constant love that remains with you when you're wicked. And this is what God is doing. This is what God is offering. This is a covenant that he is extending to us. He says, come to me. Listen to me. In verse four, I've made him a witness to the people's. He's not talking about David right here. In verse four, one of the things that you see in the scriptures is that, is that so often that, that David was this man that, that, that Jesus would become the greater, would become the greater David. So they would talk about David in the Old Testament in hopes that a, a greater man that would come from the line of David would come. And in all of David's shortcomings, Jesus would overshadow that Jesus would live into them perfectly. And, and this Man, Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus that would come. And he says that this, this David, this man is a witness. And this is so beautiful. Don't miss out on this. What he is saying is that how do we know that, that, that despite all of our failings, despite all of our consistency, despite all of our, our times where we hit pause on God, how do we know that the steadfast love of God does not leave us? Because of the witness that is Jesus. The man who was willing to crawl up on the cross and die for your sin, Heath, die for all your rebellion because he wanted you. In Isaiah, he, he looks at a bunch of people just like us and he knows that we are thirsty. He knows that we're living in a culture where we so often choose things of the culture over, the, over, over our king. He knows how often we keep going back to the same old pots trying to be filled when he knows that, that what our hearts are made for is intimacy and relationship with Jesus. And he doesn't kick us when we're down. He says, come back to me. In verse six, 
So seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Listen to this. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. This morning we're going to do something a little bit different than we typically do here at Marathon. Typically we have an extended time of teaching. And this morning that I, that I sensed that what we needed to do was to have an extended time of prayer. The kids are excited about that. They're screaming. Our kids love prayer here apparently. And, and so what we're going to do is here in just a minute, I'm, I'm going to invite some people to come up front. And they're going to serve on a prayer team this morning. And here's what I want to invite you to do if you come here today. To honestly just look at your heart. And if you're not where you want to be with God, if you come here today and you realize that you're not living the way that you want to be living, if you come here and you go, man, my love for God and his kingdom and his mission and for his people have grown cold, If you come here this morning, you feel like there's no hope. No help for your, your, your marriage. You come here this morning, you feel like there's no hope for your, for your parents' marriage. If you come here this morning and you feel like there's, there's no hope for your children, I wanna invite you to come and ask for some prayer this morning. You know, you can sit in your chair and you can pray by yourself, but there's something about the God of the heavens that sees us being willing to take a risk, get up out of our chairs, going to ask someone who is a stranger to pray for us. There's something about God. He just delights in us taking chances. He delights when we come before him and we go, God, we're not living the way we want to live and we want to let other people see that. And we can sit here all day and we can pretend like we have all of our stuff together. And we can leave this door and be just as miserable as we came or we can come into the presence of God and we say, you know what, God? I believe that this isn't just another Sunday church service, God. I want my heart to be right with you. I don't want to, my love for you to grow cold, God. So here in just a minute, we're gonna open up a time for, for prayer. I'm gonna invite you, if, if, if you need prayer, to come forward and just ask for it. There are some of you this morning, you've been living in sin and you know it. Listen to the words of Isaiah. Forsake your sin. Return to the Lord. Confess your sin. Bring that thing into the light, the thing that you don't want anyone else to know about you, the thing that is eating away at your soul and experience the freedom of Jesus. He says, let them turn to the Lord. He will have what? Mercy. And he will abundantly pardon. Your father wants to free you. Your father wants to forgive you. Those of you who are college students, you're stepping back into this next season. He wants you to step into this season being free. There are people on your campus that don't know Jesus. And if you choose to stay in the dark, change choosing to say shackled up, you're going to miss out. 
There are people in this, this room and, and you know that there are neighbors and there are coworkers and that God will use you to reach them. But you gotta bring that sin into the light. You gotta quit nursing that secret sin in your life. And some of you come here this morning and you've just been looking for the, the opportunity to get right with the Lord. You know that your heart is hard. You know that you're not where you wanna be. Let the Lord free you this morning. And so we're gonna take communion. The prayer team's gonna come up. Come and receive prayer. Chris and Dale are just gonna play some music. And if you don't wanna come up and pray, but, but there's some things on your heart, grab a friend and scatter around the room. Take the communion, confess sin, share what God is doing in your heart. Ask God to revive you. Is this what we're gonna do in communion? And I have a challenge for us as a church family. Those of you who call Marathon, who, who call this family your family. I've just kind of sensed that, that God was wanting something more for us than just, just one Sunday of experiencing him. He's inviting us to, to, to really go after his heart. And I felt like he was putting 21 days on my, on my heart for us. And so here's what I'm gonna challenge us to do as a church family for the next 21 days. Will you just take one day this week? Will you take one day next week and then one day the week after to just pray and to fast? Some of you never fasted before, that's okay. We have a blog on, online on our website. You can go and you can read about all the different types of fasts. If, if you don't know what that looks like, you can go and read. But I'm just inviting you. Hey, as the next 21 days, as a church family, would we as a church family just get on our knees and show the Lord how serious we are about being his people? Andrew's created this, this prayer guide online. And so you can choose whatever day you want this week. It, it, it doesn't have to be Monday, it doesn't have to be Tuesday. Find a day this week that you can devote to praying and to fasting. To pray for our church family, to pray for our city. That we would come all the way back to God. I have no desire for us just to be a church that just plays the game. I have no desire to be one of the leaders of church family that just shows up on Sundays. Man, I want us to be God's people. I want us to walk in his faithfulness. I want us to, to make a difference in our city. I want people who don't know Jesus to come to know him. And I believe that it starts with us. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I invite you to stand up. I'm gonna pray for us. When we get done praying, I'll invite you to, to respond in prayer, to respond by taking communion. Let's pray. God, God, you were just, yesterday you were reminding me of this, um, this time in my childhood. I was down at my grandmother's house and um, she had all these grapevines and I would eat those grapes and they were sweeter than and better than grapes that you could find at the store. And God, I felt like you were just taking me back to that just moment in my childhood and I felt like what you were doing is that, is that you were wanting our hearts just to be wide open for this morning, for, for each person in this room, God, to, um, 
to remember the ways that you've worked in their lives, to, to remember those times as children when you spoke to them, God, to remember the times that you've revealed yourself to them, God, that you wanted us as the people who are gathered here this morning, this church family, to remember that you are God and that nothing satisfies you, that nothing has satisfied us like you and nothing will. And so God, I pray that you would open our hearts, God. I pray that, that you would do something in this time that is bigger than us, God, that you would change us, that you would meet us in, in our sin, that you, would, that you would meet us in our thirst, and God, that you would pour into us, that you would help us to experience your love. And so God, I pray for the, the team that's gonna be praying, I pray that you would give them words that will bless those, God, that the people who are receiving prayer won't find condemnation, they won't find judgment, they would find liberation and freedom and grace. I pray that you would help people who are um, coming to receive prayer this morning to be courageous. And God, that you would, you tell us that if we are willing to ask, that we'll find, if we're willing to knock, you'll open the door. And so God, this morning, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, would you be poured out on these people? Jesus, would you help us to be faithful to you, the one who gave everything for us? So we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen.